Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello again and welcome to the Dear Joe Kane podcast with SJ, Sarah Jane Drummy in Madrid and Eva B. Eva Berthes in London. Thanks for joining us. Eva, how was your trip? You... Yes, because we missed a week because I was in Budapest. Yes. Um, and for all the concerns and fears of spending time on my own, which I said to you, I haven't done in a very long time for any length of time. Sure, listen to it. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done. Fab. I loved it. You Don't do get that. me wrong. Of course, I miss my family. Of course, I miss my children. And of course, it was a delight. My heart burst when I, when I saw them. I have to say, the being on my own bit, when a few pals went, oh no, you might be, just look after yourself now. You might, you know, look look after the mental health when you're on your own now. No, I, it was oh, just that's... like an apartment. I, got, I was very productive. I had the first week of quarantining. So I used that week to finish my script. I got my head down and it was, I had no distractions. So it was the most productive yeah. week. Oh, that's amazing. What a result. Amazing. What a result. Finished filming as well. I'm only back, you know, um, a few days and half yeah, five yeah, they woke this morning. Yeah, that, like, that's just a permanent. So, you know, tired. the tiredness is just, it's just constant. It's just yeah, it is. Five. The thing with it. Yeah. Five. Five. It's so. It's a pretty obnoxious. The, yeah. It's the middle of the night. It's not the Yeah, morning. it is. And also, and it's half five, the door swung open. Hi! Hi, everybody. I'm up. Woo! Come on. Can I get my tights on? Here's Bunny. I'm going to whack you on the head. I'm going to open the blinds so the neighbours can see in. I'm going to turn the light on. Can I try on all your jewellery? Do you want some lipstick? Can I brush your hair? It's like, oh my God, it's half five. It's half oh, five. I actually God. feel ill. God. Memories, but I feel oh, ill. So are you going yeah. to bed very early at night? I go you to bed at to half bed. ten. You have to, don't you? I can't, I can't function otherwise. No. Sometimes I used to stay up, even though I knew I had to go to bed, and I still do this. Sometimes I stay up very late because I just love the peace and quiet of the house when they're all gone to bed. And I just sometimes go, right, just yeah. sit down now, watch or read something and just enjoy the quiet. My mother uh, stays up till midnight, mid half 12, sometimes in the morning. And my dad goes to bed really, really early. And she is a real, she's just a night owl. And she'll just stay up tidying, foostering. I have a bit of that in me as well, the foostering. This brings me to my question. Are we destined to become our mothers? Because you said <laughs> you like your mother, you fooster quite a lot. And I have noticed, not that I would have called it foostering, but when I'm in your company, in wherever you're either living or, or, or staying, you are constantly tidying you're constantly wiping surfaces and putting things away and the chat is going and you know but you're you, you do you like to keep on the go as you're chatting and I do yeah. that's like your mom yes it is that is a trait definitely a trait. that is a mother that's a good trait it's a good, it trait. A good trait you're not idle you don't see you sitting down with the, the crisps like me I know I, I, I have the idle moments but when I feel like everything mm. is and that by the first string do you mean the constant tidying away yes yeah that's yeah. a great habit. Yeah, I like things to be 
You are organized. I'll tell you. An organized person. What traits do you have, like your mother's? Well, I, uh, timekeeping, I can't stand being late, but I, it, it rolls into me getting stressed if I feel like things are running late, if people are making me late, if I'm going to be late. And there's a running joke, like with my mum, that she's, if she's traveling, she's, she gets quite, like she'll pack a week in advance and there'll be conversations about what she's going to pack. Uh, she won't mind me saying this because it's, it is literally a running joke. She'll be talking about what she's going to pack about a month in advance and then the packing will start a fortnight to a week in advance. And then if you tell mum that the flight's at four o'clock, she'll want to be at the airport at 10 o'clock. Just so she's there. That she's there and spend a good seven hours just being in the airport, just so there's no fear of her missing her flight. It's just like, and she'll think of every eventuality. But what if there's a problem with the train? But what if the taxi gets a flat tire? But what if we realize we've forgotten our passports and we have to go back on ourselves? Like she'd think of absolutely everything. And it's obviously rubbed off on me because Ross has now started saying to me, Have we packed it like two days before I'm due to, to travel? And he'll say it with a smile on his face because he knows it in my head I'm packing in my head but do you make lists no I'm actually not that anal when it comes to the packing bit but the what I would have been the uh the traveling bit checking like I found myself being quite sort of OCD about it like I kept rechecking my pickup time just to make sure if I definitely got that pickup time right knowing that I had I was like and that's yeah. exactly what my mother would do no it's it's still 145 <laughs> Oh. I've checked it 10 times already. Yep. And I'm the Still polar opposite. Time. I just don't check enough and I get make a lot of mistakes. Do you? I, I make a, yeah, I do. I go kind of, I, I like, there's a lot of appointments that I decide, I glance at the phone and I go half one and another thing. And I've read it wrong. It's one. And I've decided then the next thing, there's a phone call and do your appointments at one. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And then I'm hysterical and in and a then, panic yeah. going, I'm so sorry. There was half one. And I seem to make a lot of mistakes. And I, I don't know. I've had, I've had this discussion. I'm, as I said before, I'm a little bit older than both of you, but there's definitely, there's a change now. I'm a woman of a certain age. I've reached a point, you know, it's almost like you go from baby brain, which is a fog, to menopause brain, which is a fog. <laughs> and so therefore you're just permanently in a fog. Like there might have been a small window where I was quite sharp, but that's gone now. And and I'm back to sort of the fog where I just seem to, like I mislay things a lot. I get times wrong. I So now I'm in a bit of a panic. I'm putting everything. I have the Google calendar going and I'm checking it a lot. Yeah. Um, but I still yeah. miss things. I, I still forget the odd appointment. I still, it's shocking. And you know, they were mentioning lists. Like I think lists are really smart. And all of my life, I'm a person who needed to make lists, but didn't. And still hasn't really learned to make lists and double check them because yeah. there's a little rebel in me going, fuck that. That's just <laughs> too organized. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Pathetic. Pathetic. <laughs> but then I have to make elaborate excuses. I made the excuses, the elaborate stories that I come up with for people. Like, you know, I'm mortified for myself. I'm mortified on my own behalf that I'm so inefficient. Do you mean you lie? You lie to people? <laughs> okay, call it what you want. I lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and you know, then of course there's the how far do you lie? Do you take? Do you say people are sick? That's low. That's very low. Do you know what I mean? How low do you go in the lion? Oh, there was a bit of a crisis here. Crisis covers a lot. <laughs> a bit of a crisis here. There was a meltdown in this house. Oh, things went a bit pear-shaped here. So sorry. 
Oh no, we won't trust her anymore. No, we, we don't know, we know. at all. No, because <laughs> when I'm late for the next recording of the podcast, we oh Jesus, it was a bit of a meltdown. You'll know that actually she was just late for something. She's not telling us that. She just she didn't bother didn't checking her calendar. Didn't bother her hours to check her appointments. Right? Oh, I don't dear. think I could have enough lists and yet I still don't make lists. And I've decided many times I'm going to make lists. I bought the books, bought the notebooks, having the pens and had them. And what about your motherly traits? Oh, yeah. oh my God. I where would I begin? <laughs> like my mother is such a huge personality and a, and a complex person. And I am quite like her. I am like her a lot. And yet I'm very, very different. Um, so I don't know the good traits, the bad traits, all of them. I think I have all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? Because you, you spend a lot of your life examining your parents, don't you? Once you get to a certain age, you examine your parents and you put an and especially if you end up doing jobs like we do, which are like, say, you're actors or whatever you're writing. You know, you're always studying the human condition and therefore you're mm. always studying your own habits and your own ways of living and where they come from. And you know that nurture, nurture is a huge part of how you behave, so how you were raised. So therefore you're constantly judging your own parents, I guess. Mm. Now, I try to be very kind. I think I've got good parents, but of course I judge them and everything they do. But it seeped into my head recently, you know, that our children are going to judge us. I as know. well and you know they're yeah. going and everything I do they're going to question and go she did this yeah. and she did that and she did yeah. that and she didn't let me do that oh god it's very yeah. hard <laughs> well when you, when you have kids you, you your own kids you see your parents in a completely different light don't you you go yeah. oh, totally god. hang on a second yeah. I get it now you know yeah, I think you understand you understand that yeah responsibility and the parenting never stops. It'll never how stop. How hard it is. How hard, how challenging parenting and is. And what a massive job it is. In different ways. Yeah. How, how am, your life is turned upside down. I am mind yeah, blown by the, the scale of this job. I, it actually blows mm. my mind how much yeah. there is in it. You know, because it it's, it's overwhelming, isn't it, sometimes? that the, And each stage brings another challenge yeah. and a problem and you you move and you get out of babies yeah. and you get to toddlers and this and then you get to teens and, and even into their 80s they've got different problems that are yeah, as a result yeah. of things that we have presented in our lives you know the and, worry, they, and they, they never worry. stop worrying they never, they stop, never worrying. stop worrying the different level of worry different conditions different yeah. situations um mm. and uh, and it never stops and so your parent until you die your your parent mm. till the end watching out for them trying to trying to be a good parent it's nice it's our life's work lads isn't it i mean everything else is secondary really yeah it's when you also recognize yourself in your own kids so the things that i've been getting cross with either my two about whatever whatever it is and then mid sort of me telling them off realizing oh that's actually exactly what I still do, but on an adult level, <laughs> like they're they're impatient or they're you know you know they're flaring up because they're getting frustrated with something, so it comes out in an angry way or it's like, oh no, that's that's me, that's that's <laughs> my traits actually. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean that that's what we're always watching ourselves, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Funnily enough, I was having this conversation with my 
best friend whose children are very, very confident. She's in a unique situation in that her kids go from aged 30 something down to 16 because she had uh, two relationships and two children very young and then two more later on. Um, but all of her children are, I would say, very confident. And we were having a walk the other day and I said, how did you man- pull that off now? What did you do? I'm always asking people for their parenting tips. I never stop. Um, and she said at the time, uh, she said, I was studying reality therapy and the ethos of it was that you don't criticize your children. Now, she said, there's a flip side to that in that I think she said they're very a bit relaxed with me and they, they'd be quite happy to give me a fair amount of lip. Uh, but the positive side of that is that they're incredibly competent human beings. But that ethos was you don't don't criticize your children. That's hard one, isn't it? Oh, that's very hard. The very fine I mean, that immediately lines. fills me with, with a huge amount of guilt because I just like have gone like through my checklist in the head going. Yeah, but you see, reprimanding them and teaching them boundaries is not the same as criticizing. This is the thing. It's a very fine line, isn't it? And I, I think we often cross it into criticism when we don't mean, mean to. You're never tidying your room as opposed to just constantly reiterating. I'd like you to go and tidy your room now. Do you know what I mean? You never yes. do, or you never do this, or you don't yeah. do that. That's the criticism. It's oh, interesting that, that saying about not um, being critical to your children, we are terrible self-critics. And maybe it's oh. that's tied tied in with how we then relate to our kids. Because is, is it more of a reflection on how we're feeling about ourselves or oh. our parenting? And it gets sort of... Um, put on to our children or put on to our parenting style you know for all the because I think most people are self-critics we all give oh our, god the self-criticism is dreadful it's, it's, it's a really damaging voice in your head mm. it's exhausting and it, and it chip, chips away at you so I were it's, it's interesting you know saying we shouldn't shouldn't criticize our kids which I wholeheartedly agree with but we in, in turn shouldn't criticize ourselves it's, yeah yeah I'm very prone I would be very prone to that now it's interesting anyway, because I, I'm going to make a bigger effort to not, I find myself nagging an awful lot. And I do, yeah, I know, but it, but it's hard because we nag because generally speaking, kids don't do the thing you've asked them to do the first time you ask them to do it. So you have yeah. to say it again and they still haven't done it. Then you ask them again. And if you if you've said it three times, then you're nagging. But I mean, yeah. my children. And, and the fifth time you shout it. And the fifth time, yeah. and the fifth time you shout it. Exactly. Norm in our household. That's yeah. the norm. So what are you going to do then? You know, I know myself if I'm, you know, having a stressful day, it does feed into how you're, how I'm going to talk to Lewis, right? Oh yeah, you're, you you're, you haven't you take cleaned your, on your family. Yeah, you exactly. haven't, you haven't cleaned, cleaned your room today, and and I'm pissed off about it more today than I would have been two days ago. But I tell him that I'm like, my patience is very thin today and i need you to do the things you need to do so so that does I'm he not, respond to that then does, does he hear that he knows, okay, I'm he, gonna... knows. he knows because because i'm i'm not uh, shouty with him but when i'm going to he wants to avoid that so it's but i kind of warn him you see i think that there's an awful lot of techniques parenting techniques this is why i kind of feel why are we not all doing a parenting course like oh, i kind of feel like this is something that should be a part of life that everybody does a parenting course simple that, little things like you know i've learned that apparently when you tell a toddler to do something you you then ask them what did i just ask you to do so if you say i want you to put the thing away and they don't they're ignoring you you go rosie 
what did I just ask you to do? You get them to repeat back to you what you've asked of them because they're not hearing it. They're and when you ask them it. to repeat it back to you, they'll they'll take it in. All those tiny sure, little yeah. But they're just just psychology, simple yeah. stuff. But and I, I like I find myself saying, stop shouting a lot to one of my kids. I'm going, stop shouting. And I know that you're meant to say, speak in a normal voice, please. Just speak in it. You do it yourself. You lower your own voice and you say, speak in a normal voice, please. And you so going, stop shouting. It's again, it's a criticism. It's a kind of a pushing down. So anyway, it's a minefield. But all those little tiny but tips. But it's, like, it's like what you're saying. It's, it's like an age-old joke, isn't it? That you would never do any other job. You'd never take on any other job without any training or, you know, yes. any practice experience or a degree or whatever it is. Yes, parenting, you go into, you might read one or two, you know, what extent you're expecting. I you absolutely agree with nothing, you. With yes. nothing. You're just, you're going on what you... So, and that's all very well and good if what you saw was amazing and all of our parents did their best, you know, and we were loved and all of that. But, but I'm quite sure they also too would have loved a little bit of training, you know, of some kind. Like it's just yeah. makes yeah, but sense. It was totally, it's totally different though. And it's all so circumstantial, right? And also every household is different and everything that comes into well, every family has repercussions on how people are parenting at any given day. The tools are great. They won't make it perfect, Esther, no, but they no. help. It's, like- trying to rem- it's trying to remember them in the moment, isn't it? When you're it tired, is, yes. when, you know, some flares up and it's, it's happening in the moment and to go mentally go, oh, now, what was that technique? I must apply mm-hmm. it now. This is the moment. That's a very difficult thing to do because you're <laughs> very react. We react and, 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 it's, and it's instantaneous. Yeah. When I react and when I blow up, I am filled with self-loathing. It, my day is destroyed. I'm like so angry with myself for losing yeah. my shit. I'm just and like, it stays with you. That shit stays why, with you for hours. Yeah. Yeah. Why couldn't you just walk away, take a breath? And that is the, that's the most important thing, I think. When it's very heated, you literally step away. Even the count to 10, as my friend used to say to me, Jesus, do the count to 10, love. You walk away, you count to 10, take your breath, go, disappear, close the bathroom door and spend five minutes in there until you reevaluate and go, you are the parent here. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I often have to remind, remind myself. Yeah. That, that's the child over there. They don't know. You know better. You are the older one. So cop on to yourself. You know, when you yeah. just lose yeah. your shit. It's yeah. like, oh, totally. But in, in terms of asking people, I remember just something came to my mind there. I do, whenever I meet confident people, even as young adults or whatever, if I happen to know their parents or meet their parents, I always say, come on, tell me your top your top parenting tips. And mm. I've had heard most, the most common one always being keep them close. Most people have said to me, keep them close, keep them very, stay very close, you know, watch them, let them stray too far. And it's just interesting. I, I kind of do buy that to, until they get a point where you go, I have to go and live my life. That's fine. And they get to a certain age. But when I was shooting Moonboy, Chris O'Dowell's mother is a really interesting woman and she is a therapist. I can't remember whether she's a psychotherapist or she's a therapist of some kind anyway, psychology and I would say Chris is one of the most confident human beings I've ever met and I had a great conversation with her my kids were very little at the time and I said to her come on you, you've had four I said give me your top parenting, parenting tip and she said to me I did a parenting course 
when Chris was very little, having already raised three, because he was the youngest, which I found fascinating. And she said, I still just felt I wasn't good enough at it. So I did the parenting course when he was little. And she said to me, he probably was the one who, who benefited the most. And she said, but her treatment was not unlike the reality therapy, which is don't criticize them was, she said, you treat your children like they're a friend. You wouldn't shout at your friend. You wouldn't talk down to your friend or criticize. You treat them like how you would treat a friend. That's how you treat them. So there you yeah. go, yeah. parenting course. Yeah. And she said, she said, oh yeah, I'd highly recommend it. And did I do one? Did I? <laughs> no. Did you write on the list, Stephen? I do read a lot. Oh, it lodged in my mind for sure. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Our very dear friend, Alison Gleason, has uh, her own company, Raising Parents, which I think is a great name. And she does workshops and um, on again various aspects of the challenges of parenthood. Yeah, and how she to, is fabulous, and we should and mention what it is. What her um, raisingparents.co.uk, and she's she has a, she's amazing, and she does all those techniques. She's, she's yeah. brilliant, and you can see she's Practical. a brilliant parent. Like yeah. I, I watch her, you know, she's sure. She's a master of the parenting. Yeah, yeah. she she really clear. is. She really yeah. is, and she's yeah. and it's all about communication. How she communicates yeah. with kids, how she listens, and how she communicates with them. And as a result, her three are excellent communicators. Oh Jesus! I need to do a course. That's, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Never too late. I'll do it now. Put it on the list. <laughs> joking sort of aside um now i think that i've got a taster for what it's like to be working again properly working i'm only back a few days and you know it's it's an adjustment getting back into the doing mum at home thing again she's like oh mm. oh yeah oh no this, this is old thing <laughs> There's still another wash to put on. Oh, another, yeah, another, another oh and you spilled that all over the, the, the clean thing. Okay. Oh, now you're at another change of clothes. Okay. Yeah. All that. Yeah. It's a, it was a. The element of domestic slavery in parenting is, um, it's really dull. It's dull. It's very the constant dull. Yeah. washing of clothes and drying yeah. and folding and putting yeah. away. Yeah. It's, it's really God. fucking boring. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. I wanted to, on the subject of the domestic slavery, I wanted to ask you about your feelings on having a cleaner. And do you have one? Did you have one? Because I recently got mine back, having not had her here for the COVID duration. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. So therefore, the domestic uh, slavery. And I'm aware, I'm very aware, I'm sure there'll be people listening now. This is a very privileged sort of middle class thing, although I think it's a bit I think a lot more people have cleaners than used to have, would we say? Um, Is it considered a luxury, really, anymore? Uh, to a lot know. of people, it still would. Yes, it definitely. I don't have a cleaner. And, and, I, and I cannot wait to have one again. I have had one. You've had cleaners in the past, yeah. Yeah. And Eva? Yes, Eva? yeah, we do. We do. We have one. And we, we've, uh, we've had one for, for ages, actually. Um, and she's, she's brilliant. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and a, good, a good cleaner because I've had, oh, sh- I've been so lucky. Great. My last couple of cleaners have just been phenomenal. Like I, I'm, this is the statement I'm going to make about the cleaner. I have said to Steve, I will leave you before I will leave her, you know, before I let her leave me. Like it's not happening. I can't be without the cleaner. I just can't because I find the domestic, it's not like when you have a cleaner, you get to stop cleaning. It is still constant, constant picking up, washing, folding, picking up, emptying the dishwasher, you're taking it, filling it, taking it. It's your constant cleaning. The cleaning doesn't stop. You just get a little break of one day where maybe the big jobs like the bathrooms get done and the sheets get changed. Exactly. And of all of the jobs, the changing of duvets is not something I can do. I actually can't do it. I lose my shit. Are you serious? Yeah, I can't. I can't. Holding on to corners and trying to put on duvets is my idea of hell on (laughs) earth. You turn inside out, you get the corners. And then you put a flappy, flappy, flappy. (laughs) (laughs) You're just filling me so full of so much horror. I swear. To God, that's damned. No, it's washing floors. One, that's that's what I I now hate. Hate washing floors. So that that's the what the. But the don't do it, love. I mean, just I don't, don't, I don't do need it. to. I don't no, need to. She no. comes. She comes every Wednesday. The the I'll, yeah. I will Hoover once every a week. day with the kids. Yeah. Still Hoover, but the floors will get washed once a week. I'm, I'm not doing the floors anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. Like, I, I feel like people. There's an attitude. People have an attitude to a cleaner. Some people feel it's wrong somehow that they're, you know, somebody's being subservient cleaning. I, I know people who go, I can't have somebody in my house cleaning my things. I'm like, Jesus, are you out of your mind? Like, oh, you know, every, every, particularly if you've got kids and you're a parent, oh, yeah. everybody you can needs help. It's like, worth every penny. Yeah. 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 And it then, is. and then there's a lot of people who say that they can't afford it. And my argument against that is like, okay, I would go without a lot of things before I would go without a cleaner. I would go without a new coat. I would go without any of those nice things before I go without me cleaner. Do you know what I mean? Like that's like, and I I, I kind of look at people who go, oh, I'm getting, we're getting a massive TV now screen for Christmas and that's maybe three or 400 quid. That should be your, that'd be your cleaner paid there for the year practically. Do you know what I mean? And the yeah. load off you, like just the, to have one day in the week where you walk in, it's oh, the glory of it. The first time I got my own cleaner was when uh, Lewis was born and I was working full time. So I was not in the house. Ellie was the stay at home dad and Lewis was a newborn. So I would leave the house every morning at half eight and go and work in a house that had three full time cleaners every single day. It was oh one, three every day. Two every okay. day. And it was a, a huge house, presumably. Yeah, two every yeah. day and a third that would come in twice a week to do, you know, other jobs. Deep cleaning. Deep cleaning. So, God, um, glorious. That's and my so, dream. And so then <laughs> I would I would come home having worked in a house that was constantly immaculate. immaculate. And I would come home to our apartment. And when I'd walk in the front door, there would be a trail of bottles all the way over, like seven baby bottles, bottles, baby bottles, all the way vodka, over. Not vodka, not vodka, <laughs> baby bottles, baby bottles of milk, all all the way over on the floor. And it would lead to Ellie where he's sitting on the couch, holding Lewis, feeding him a bottle. And the place would be trash. Now, normal, of course, you've got a baby and everything, but 
the place was just trashed. And there was no way that I was ever going to expect him to A, look after the baby all day and then have the, the wherewithal to tidy the house. And I just, one day I went, you know what? We're going to get a cleaner. And the day she came for the first time and I opened the door, I was like, oh my God, I nearly cried. The cushion, yeah. the cushions, the way she fluffed, like, but she, like, <laughs> she put them in, like, there was like a little thing put, that she did, like, you know, in the middle, middle the yeah. little thing in the middle, but, but more so, like she went above and beyond. And oh. I walked in and it was like, we are never letting this go. Like this to me is... I need this. And he needed it too, because he was, he was, you know, he was with Lewis all day long, 12 hours mm -hmm. a day with a newborn. And actually, you know, on the subject of the tidy house, right? I think now that people have become, that the Instagram life has made people obsessed with the tidy house, you know, everything. Because it always looks so beautiful and it's clean and tidy and you want it to be like that. But it's not practical. You've got to live in your house. Like yeah. you, you have to make a mess. Kids have to make a mess. Yeah, that's that's now that's for the Instagram story. That image. I mean, that's all. It's bullshit, right? That people's houses aren't like that all the time. They're like that for a photo, and then they turn around the other way, and the rest of the room is an yeah. absolute, you know, bomb yeah. site. I think. Yeah, but well, I mean, this... I find I I live in a small house, um, and then it's open plan. It's a kitchen, sitting room. It's like it's one big room, really, mm. and. So there's kids' toys, there's like, it's, if we don't constantly tidy, then there's just, you're stepping over things, you're tripping over things. And I find it very stressful. It, it place, it'll inevitably get messy at some point of the day, but it really adds to my stress levels if, if, it, if I have to live amongst it for, you know, for any length of time. So we are yeah. constantly, constantly lifting things up, putting them away, you know, things get pulled out again and it's just it's and that's I suppose going back to the how quickly you start to represent the, the domestic slavery aspect of motherhood because it's non-stop so oh it's cleaners non amazing I think you know I, I, I they're worth every penny if you have it but the rest of the days of the week you're still at it all the time aren't you because mm. if you don't you're just living in I could do it all day and nothing else I could but like yeah. our mothers did, like my mother got her cleaner for the first time, maybe five years ago. I'm thinking it's not that long ago. And she comes once every two weeks. Um, and, you know, she does the hoovering and she she just helps my mother with the jobs that she, that she can't Bathrooms. do and clean. And like, you know, my mother's like, you know, she's in her 70s. But the mm. point is that she has been trying to tell some of her friends you have to do this like it'll change your life but like wow, she, she didn't do it until like some like five years ago whereas I'm at a place where already like I I, I would I would get one in a heartbeat and we we, just, we say it all the time like it's one of those things that I I love to get again but the fact that our like my our mothers did but it. here's the thing Esther your mother would have had disposable income so was it must have been a cultural thing? Was it? A, the, a, why did it not happen? Like I, I my, my mother had a cleaner. Well, when I say cleaner, it was possibly a childminder who also cleaned. But there was always somebody yeah. for as long as I can remember coming in to 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 help. Right. There was always some help. Now they did have; they could afford it. And and then I remember the years where they couldn't afford it. But it, I still think there was a cleaner. I, th okay. I think my, my my mother must have been made the same way I am, which is like, I, I'll forgo, I can forgo lots of other things. But the yeah. domestic stuff, yeah, I'm not letting go of that. 
But when I hear people say, no, no, we definitely can't afford it. I think, hmm. And you're not like you, yeah. a lot of people would throw 50 quid on a round of drinks without batting an eyelid. But but they'll tell you they can't afford a cleaner. Now I I, I would forgo the round of drinks. I just wouldn't be honest. Mm. To me, it's the best gift you could give any domestic person, whether it's a man or a woman, the person who's at home doing the mm. child minding or whatever, that's the best possible gift you could give them. It's just a little bit of help. Yeah. A couple of a few hours once a week. It's not a lot to ask, is it? Considering mm. your friends there had somebody in every day of the week. And that's my dream. I'd love somebody every day of the week. I, really, I would. <laughs> I would. I would just yeah. love it. An hour, two hours, just a quick little. <laughs> <laughs> <Woo-hoo. laughs> We're delighted. Go out for me coffee and me walking by the time we come back. Oh, magic. Magic. Oh, is lovely. <laughs> and, I, and I like, I always pay my cleaners very well. You know, the best rate I can afford, the top rate and a bit more, whatever I can afford to give and... I give it like to, you know, I, I'm so appreciative. I'm like, mm. I genuinely don't think I appreciate anything quite as much as this. But do you do that very, um, I don't know if it's very, I don't think it's just a very Irish thing. Maybe it's a very uh, proud thing or you do a little tidy before they come. A little tidy. I do an absolutely <laughs> massive tidy. Yeah. But it's, 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 so, it's kind of, it's the organised. There's a lot of organising to do before they come. Like I usually take out the sheets I want them to put on the beds. I'm not asking oh, yeah. her to yeah, find yeah, yeah. sheets. So I want yeah. this on that bed, I want those on that bed. Um, I probably, sometimes I strip the beds. But, but also there's a lot of shit to put away because they're not going to know where it goes. So yeah, there's a, I, I, I regularly do a massive tidy unless yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gone to work, in which case sometimes I just, it's random. I just have to go oh, and I'm yeah, mortified. Yeah. I am mortified. I, I usually yeah. don't leave the place. Yeah. So I guess what I'm asking, what I'm getting from them is the deep clean, like the bathrooms and the, those jobs, yeah. those jobs that just take time, the, big time. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you're in the mood to clean, you know, and that's fine. You go, okay, I'm going to go at this. But Jesus, just before, just before my period, I go, I, I have a deep clean. That's like get the, 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 the gloves come out, the the scouring cream come out, the scourers come out, there's brushes, there's sprays, and I have a good old scrub of the place. It's like, well, oh, that's be so funny that it's around that time. Is it because you're feeling, you're feeling a bit dirty and you're going, oh, God, clean. <laughs> I get into this, I find a sort of therapeutic What's or something. This? I feel like I need, to, I need to clean, and it's a different level of cleaning. You know, like, as we said, the, the normal, normal cleaning happens all the time every day anyway. There's no escape. That it's a different level of. Do you think it's anger? Do you think it's anger? It's resentment. I don't have a cleaner, so I do that once a week. And when I'm in that zone of I have to clean because this is what has to be done now, the boys just leave the house. They go, okay. (laughs) Ellie just takes Lewis out. She's She's off. She's off. She's off. Yeah. And as you said, it's very therapeutic. And I go, okay, I, all I need is two hours to do the deep clean, but it's it's done once a week. And then I listen to That's good going, two hours. Yeah, because it's actually, it doesn't take that long. You know, we think it takes longer than it actually does, but it's just- No, absolutely, you're right. In two hours, um, I mean, my, my gorgeous cleaner comes for three. Yeah. And that sometimes might include a bit of ironing. I don't have very much iron. I don't buy things that need to be ironed, generally speaking, a few shirts. Um, but that's like, wow, with the time she leaves, I mean, they're gaff. 
is sparkling. Bad. I'm ready to have people over for dinner. Like this is, <laughs> and that's the other beauty if you're getting a cleaner, it must be Thursday or Friday that they come. So then you're like, will we have people over for the weekend? <laughs> because before that, you don't want anyone in your house. You know, like if you want to clean house, ask people over. That's my other, my other thing. My guys, you, you have to. My mother used to do this thing where she would say, the guests are coming. They're coming in half an hour. And it was just a thing that she would tell herself. <laughs> just a trick that she did. She's like, the guests oh, yeah. are coming. The guests are coming. And we'd all go around the house. The guests are coming. The guests are coming um, to help clean. Is yes, so really funny. funny. Yeah. Whereas I actually invite guests to get myself to <laughs> I say, I'm going to have a dinner party because that's the only way I'm going to empty those boxes and move all that shit from there to there. <laughs> oh. SJ, did you grow up then thinking, why are we always let down by people? Our guests never turn up. They never. Eventually, eventually. We cottoned, you. On. We, we cottoned on. We knew the trick and then we all got into it. Yeah. <laughs> I come here to me. I've just remembered something. When I was, uh, I had a gorgeous cleaner, my previous one. I've had a lot of cleaners, I must tell you. I think you can tell. Um, but anyway, I had this one who was fabulous and she she left me. She left me and um, she said, I can't come. I think well, she might have been going back to her Poland or somewhere. You'd be hard pressed now, by the way, to find an Irish cleaner. Very hard pressed. They're, yeah. they're all your Eastern Europeans. I don't know how we'd manage without them and all of these people who, do, who aren't keen on having non-nationals in the country. <laughs> Try and find yourself a cleaner or any kind of domestic help and you'd be well stuck. But anyway, this one was going, leaving and I was desperate. I was like, oh no, I must have had guests coming. And I thought, oh God, no, I need my cleaner on Friday. I think I was working. I was. I was on a job. I was on a tidy job. So I was basically gone from morning to night. I just needed a cleaner for my own head. So she said to me, I'll tell you what, she said, my friend, my friend will come. She she doesn't have a lot, lot of English, but I'll I'll explain, tell her what to do. So I said, OK, OK, fine. And I, I leave a key out for her. And I remember making this arrangement. I left a key. I told my cleaner, I'm going to leave the key under the flower pot, third flower pot in. I, in fact, I think I actually was under a barbecue lid. I probably shouldn't say these things. I won't be doing it again. <laughs> um, but I think it was under my barbecue lid that I left the keys for a pot. Anyway, these were the instructions. And off I went to do my job. And I completely forgot that the, the new cleaner was coming, right? I just went to work and I got a break around 11 o'clock and there was about 25 missed calls. And I thought, oh, Jesus. And you know the way you're straight away fly into a panic. Something is wrong. One of the schools are calling me. One of the kids, there's a something wrong. And then I realized, oh, Jesus, this was the new cleaner's number. What's the problem? So I ring her, I ring her, I go, um, hi, Michaela, hi. And she goes, Oh, hello, dear. Hello, dear. It's okay. I have a problem. I, I couldn't find your house. I couldn't get in. I couldn't find the key. Uh, so I said, okay. And I was explaining to her. And she said, no, it's okay. It's okay. I am, I am inside now. It's the house with the red door. Yeah. And my heart, I said, no, no. I'm the house that's opposite the house with the red door. I'm across the road from that. It's quite hard to find my house. So I always say to people, it's directly opposite that. Oh, okay. Um, where are you now? I am in the, in the house. I have cleaned the kitchen. <laughs> I have cleaned the, the kitchen. I have cleaned the hall. Uh, I said, and my straight away, I said, get out, get out. 
get out of the house. <laughs> I said, leave, leave the house. I said, where did you find the key? You say, I'd said my friend told me under the flower pot, I go around looking under all the pots, I can't find them eventually. I find under one of the lids, I find the key and I go in and I straight away, I went into a lot of panic because oh. I thought I was going to be accused of robbing the place. My, this is my first thought was if anything's missing, I rent them. You know, I'll be accused of robbing them. So I said, get out of the house quickly. So she left and I had to describe to her to go across. She had to put the key back, close the door and come across the road. So whoever went home to that house that night went home to a <laughs> sparkling kitchen. Absolutely sparkling, paid for by muggins. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Well, what was unbelievable was every house in Ireland obviously has a key under a fucking pot somewhere. <laughs> So, you know, good luck to all the robbers. If you look hard enough, you will find a key. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Dear Joel Kane podcast with me, SJ and Eva B. If you enjoyed this week's episode called The Guests Are Coming, The Guests Are Coming, please, please tell all your friends. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Follow us on Spotify. Give us a five-star rating on Apple. All these things really, really help to keep our show going. But most of all, thanks so much for listening. This podcast is powered by the ACAST Creator Network. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. 